0: Welcome to a special episode of Character Creation Cast, everyone. In this bonus episode, we'll be spotlighting witchcraft and what sort of options it brings to the table for character creation and enhancement. As of the release of this episode, the Kickstarter, which still has 15 days remaining, is hovering right around the $100,000 mark. All stretch goals have been unlocked, so if you jump in now you'll be getting the best product that they will be able to put out into the world, which is really exciting. We don't have any other big announcements right now, though, and it's just me here this episode. So how about we just get on with the show? Enjoy. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Character Creation Spotlight everyone. In this bonus segment we'll be shining a light on some current or up and coming games to keep an eye out for. I'm your host, Ryan, and today we are welcoming Shannon and Dylan from Astrolago Press to talk about Witchcraft, a supplement for Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition that adds an interesting crafting mechanic to the game that is kickstarting right now. And is currently funded as of this recording, right?
1: Yeah, almost just shy of our second stretch goal.
0: Nice. Awesome. Okay, well, welcome so much to Character Creation Spot people. Theo. you. It's really great to have you here.
1: Thank you very much. It's really great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm very
2: happy to sit down and speak with you.
0: Definitely. Shannon, could you go ahead and start us off and tell us a bit about yourself and any other projects that you're currently involved in?
1: Sure. Um So by day, I am a narrative designer um, and writer on video games. Currently, I work at a studio here in Vancouver, BC, called Clay, um, and uh, working on a title called Grifflands. And um, I, we also work on the D&D projects, um, pretty much one a year so far. <laughs> so last year, so we much. did Fairy Fire, which was our fae glam 80s bestiary. And mm-hmm. uh, Witchcraft is our second book. Um, And then I also write comics and uh, edit on the side as well. So that's pretty much all of my Mm -hmm. ventures. Yeah.
0: Very nice. And how about yourself, Dylan?
2: Um, So I'm the lead designer here at Astrolago. Um, I am also in video games. I've been in video games for about 10 years now. And uh, yeah, I work at a studio downtown, currently QA.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Well, that's
0: a lot of fun. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. Okay. Normally, Amelia would be here to help. uh, But life is normally busy for us. uh, So that means there's just me here today with our guests. Uh, And since this is an abridged version of our normal format, uh, we will just be sticking to the highlights of the system with a special focus on character creation. So without further ado, how about we find out what this game is all about?
1: What's in a game? Dope. Yeah, Yeah. we're here to help with that. Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is a supplement for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Uh, Would you be able to tell us a bit about what this will do for us in our games?
1: Absolutely. So um, anyone who spent a lot of time with 5th Edition, I mean, okay, so first off, full disclosure, we love 5th Edition. We are big 5th Edition fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I would be pretty happy playing almost entirely 5th Edition for the next 10 years at least i feel like there's it's it's really adaptable it's really flexible Mm -hmm,
0: um
1: but uh anytime we want to kind of embark on a crafting attempt for anything it's usually communicated through downtime and gold spent and that's like the equation that creates crafting so uh witchcraft brings you a crafting layer to the game that um attempts to bestow the player with a lot of agency. So it's not just like roll your d20 and spend some gold and um, eventually you'll have a crafting attempt. It's roll some d6s and um, add all those totals to see if you succeed. And then if you do succeed, there's various uh, boons and flaws that can get stacked on top of it. And um, if you take the trade classes, you have a lot of personality ticks that go into it as well. So whenever you do a crafting attempt, it's not just a matter of I craft and a thing happens if I hand wave some time and spend some of my money. Um, mm-hmm. It's I craft and in order to craft, I have to have relationships. I have to recruit friends and allies. I have to convince a mentor to help me. I have to go out into the world and gather supplies. Um, and then when I do that crafting, uh, I get to react t- to the roles and I get to do things to um, supplement my decisions and – fix my flaws and uh and then in the end have something that i put my personality into
2: yeah a big uh drive behind this was that we didn't feel like crafting was really doled out in gameplay Mm
1: -hmm. um -hmm.
2: like you know you do socializing and you, you socialize and pass or fail you like shanna was saying you can react to that and there's like you know if you fail to um convince a lord well now you've you have to find an alternate path and that kind of thing. Whereas crafting really... And now
1: you have a lord for an enemy, which can add some interesting <laughs> things you to your game as well.
2: Yeah. Whereas in crafting, it really wasn't that. It was, it was very binary, pass or fail, like mm-hmm. throw the resources and money at it, and it's like one or the other. Um, and so we wanted to give it very much that feel of, uh, yeah, just... Pretty much what you said of of dice of gameplay of being able to react to uh, a, a thing of being able to strategize,
1: being able to role play, mm, role, oh, play role play, role mm, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and then we pick we had the 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 theme of it is obviously inspired by Kiki's Delivery Service if anyone has Uh-oh. seen the Kickstarter because we liked the way in that movie that they deal with self care and burnout and what it means to make something and. Um, if if anyone's seen the movie, you know that like Kiki is a witch, a literal witch, but she shows up in town and she's like mesmerized by these bakers that she lives with and their ability to bake. And then she <laughs> befriends this inventor and who can, you know, like invent this flying bicycle, essentially. And then, and, you know, and, um and uh, there's so much, there's the scene with the grandmother making the cake, the fish, the fish pie for her granddaughter and everything <laughs> is magical. Like the ability to make a thing is magical and mm-hmm. um, speaks volumes about who you are as a person and what you care about and mm-hmm. uh i mean that's so much of what it means to role play to play a character at dvd and uh, dnd is to mm-hmm. be invested mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in your in your craft and so that's what that's what witchcraft does
2: yeah very much why it's domestic magic right it's yeah domestic
1: magic is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah <laughs> call it
2: because it's um <laughs> crafting is akin to magic yeah. in this particular uh, yeah. supplemental
1: yeah. yeah yeah making is a miracle is our catchphrase mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that's really awesome yeah uh, one of the things i absolutely love about um this is that it, it adds a flavor to the game from uh it takes me back to my mmo days uh where i spent Hours and hours and hours crafting in Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft. <laughs> and, and it takes so much effort to go and get the materials and to do certain quests for certain rare materials. And then in Final Fantasy 11, you literally had to time your crafting to the in game clock and in game days and face certain cardinal directions in order to get
1: those elemental better. boosts.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Wild, so to add a, a level of complexity to to Dungeons and Dragons for crafting is is definitely my jam. I am so here for this. That's yeah,
1: great. It's funny d- you should mention that. Yeah, we <laughs> were just
2: talking about that because uh, we were playing Final Fantasy XIV together, and that was part of the driving force behind this because we were you know you go into Final Fantasy Fourteen you have your combat class and you go and you do dungeons but then you come back and you have your trade, class, yeah man. your trade what? jobs and you actually like build stuff and the build stuff has mini games and you have abilities that you activate. Yeah, yeah. and that was very much just like oh well, like this is we want some of this in D
0: and D yeah mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. I loved uh playing the beta for Final Fantasy fourteen uh both times
1: <laughs> the one that was bad
0: <laughs> and the one that was good um so yeah i'm I'm really i'm really loving this great so what sort of materials uh do we need to take advantage of the new features in witchcraft uh you mentioned some dice
2: Yeah. so you're gonna need um d6s you at minimum only need one but it's probably better to go off with like you know a small handful
1: it's fun if you can roll if you've worked hard, yeah. uh, for those who haven't had a look at the playtest document yet, you um, can start with a certain number of d6s that are your base crafting dice. But then you can also do preparations that make you um, make your attempt stronger, so you can by
2: giving you additional dice.
1: Yeah, yeah so you can seek mentorship, or you can um, quest for high quality materials, or you can uh, seek the assistance of a of a colleague, or you can um, plan to give the item as a gift because generosity always makes your attempt stronger. Um, and then you get to roll all the d6s and there is a mechanical difference too you can choose to roll the d6s one at a time or all at once which will affect um whether or not you're a cautious crafter mm. or not
0: the temptation <laughs>
1: um, and then of course you also need the uh core rules the basic rules um at the very minimum for yeah which
2: can be found on the fifth edition ogl doc yeah. or um i believe also the basic rules
1: yeah basic rules pdf yeah um but uh also, oh, so your player's handbook.
2: Mm-hmm. Pen, yeah. paper, imagination.
1: Yeah. Lots of imagination. <laughs> people, to play. Yeah. people to play with, yes.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I, I love the crafting mechanic um, that you're adding here. What would you say is the most unique thing about it?
2: <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I know, I I know were. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say that it's... Uh, well, first of all, we've gone away from the D20 of the core 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Most things are done with a 20 But we felt like that was too... Um, bo- both, like, too unreliable and too restrictive. Because...
1: There's no gradient for success or failure. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I liked, yeah.
2: We wanted to go to a D6 just because it provided a nice bell curve um, to the probability of your success and that kind of thing. So it just felt better to... Um, you know not just have that hard line in the middle where you pass or you fail but actually to have um you know you are more likely to succeed the more you prepare and all that kind of thing and um also doing so gave us uh, the chance to include kind of these mutations the boons and flaws because each d6 that you roll if you roll a six you get a boon if you roll a one you get a flaw and that you couldn't get away with with a d twenty, right? Like the only way to mm-hmm. do that would be to assign certain numbers to it. It'd be a mess. Yeah. Uh, but- and there's
1: like stacks of boons and flaws, and you can mix and match and like try and cancel them out and adjust. And as it, it, like we said this before, but player agency is really you know you mm-hmm. can adapt to what's happening, and you um and probably most important of all, I feel, is the emphasis on playing together at the table because when you do mm-hmm. do downtime crafting, when you have the players who are um, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a week trying to craft a, uh, a disguise kit or, tr- or something, you know, like, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then, well, the players all split up and they all go to do their separate things. And, um, you know, one of them goes and drinks at the bar for a week and then one of them decides <laughs> to get contact and, and there's not a lot of meeting in the middle and, mm-hmm. and figuring things out and, um, working together. And, uh, and if a person wants to work on a project, that's going to take, you know, a couple weeks in game, then you have to like convince all the other players that that's okay, that they want to spend a session talking about the minutiae of downtime. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the goal of witchcraft is to make sure that the player, the, the parties are, uh, the party's still working together. Yeah. They're still. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: that's why we have a lot of benefits that you gain from working with your partners. But also, um, I just had a play test the other weekend where the players got a heads up about um, a giant elk that was out in the woods that would provide like excellent materials for both of them. So they're like, "Oh, great! Let's like let's go together." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so not only does it provide like adventure hooks that players can go out and do together. But then when they come back they each get to craft their own thing and they help each other with it and um uh we've shortened the craft times down considerably um in the system as well
1: Hmm. yeah
0: very cool Yeah.
1: yeah
0: awesome so what types of characters can people make with this supplement
1: Oh, all sorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the point of the system is is to facilitate being any kind of craftsperson that you can imagine. Uh, because there was no way that we would be able to anticipate every single idea that someone would have. Yeah. So the system is meant to enable you to be a knitter and a tattoo artist and an alchemist. and yeah. uh, uh, Basically,
2: by player definition, it allows like it allows them to pick
1: you, yeah, exactly. exactly
2: what they want to be rather than um, us providing... A list of hard choices. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And all these things are meant to go hand in hand with your uh, fifth edition combat class and backgrounds. So you wouldn't forego those steps. You would definitely pick those steps. Mm -hmm. But um, because it assumes a certain amount of, uh, you know, if you pick a background, you'd have a tools proficiency going in that would help inform your uh, trade class as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, all your ability score modifiers and everything like that are determined by your combat class and rolling your character. But once you have all that in place, whether you're, you know, playing a, a barbarian who is also a uh, tattoo artist, let's say, <laughs> barbarian tattoo artist, you know, mm-hmm. once you are a barbarian tattoo artist, you could be a barbarian tattoo artist if you wanted, who's never seen combat and or you have seen combat, but you're now retired from it and you don't enjoy it very much anymore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and <laughs>
0: <laughs> just don't rage when you're doing your tattoos, you're probably okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be mad when you're doing a tattoo on no, someone,
0: but it'd be great when you were receiving a
2: tattoo because you could just, you could rage and then take half damage and you just don't feel it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and and so you can just choose which aspect of your character is really important and maybe it's both Mm -hmm. like being a tattoo artist is just as important as being a barbarian or you know one aspect represents your old life and one aspect represents what you're striving towards in your future or whatever marriage of those two ideals you like
2: yeah I think it also provides a nice um level of, um, I can't think of the right word, but basically, you know, if you were playing that barbarian tattoo artist and you were like, no, I'm full on tattoos, great. But if your friend, the fighter is like, oh, well I make weapons sometimes, but mainly I'm a fighter. It's like, oh great. They can still do that. And this, this, um, trade class is still there for them. And it doesn't, we made sure to build it in such a way that it doesn't, um, interfere Or overpower their main combat class. Like the Mm -hmm. trade stuff is all very much kept within its own contained self. Mm -hmm. And um, so while it is a nice, like, overlay, nice veneer on top of your character, it also
0: doesn't uh, hinder
1: your character. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Very cool. So, can we go over briefly the steps that a player needs to take to add a craft to a character?
1: Mm hmm. Yes. Do you want to take this one, or should I?
0: I mean, I have it written down on the whiteboard. <laughs> go <Good> for it. <laughs> uh,
2: so, to start with, they take a look in the um, in the book, and they go to the section on taking a trade class. And um, at level one, they get a few... Th- or at, sorry, at tier one of a trade class, they get a few things. They get their base crafting die, which is 1d6. They then gain stamina, which is used for uh, to kind of gate their daily crafting attempts uh, they gain a language proficiency they gain a tools proficiency they gain techniques which we have listed uh later in the books they are kind of akin to warlock invocations in that they help flavor the direction you want to go the uh the kind of things you want to do with your crafter they also get a workspace which is th- kind of just like their little area that they do their craft in and uh this area can change over time you know it can get bigger it can get smaller
1: they can upgrade it later if they, they so choose yep they the can. basic workplace uh, workspace that you get at the beginning of uh, tier 1 is mm-hmm. meant to be an area that is it where you can it has all the basic supplies you need to do most of your work mm-hmm. um depending on your trade class it may be a private little attic or it might be um you have a shared space in a in a in a Workshop Forge, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can customize it. You can have little decorations in it as to your liking. We mm-hmm. encourage players to uh, try describing their workshop when they first introduce themselves at the table. Mm-hmm. But we uh, still haven't described how you actually... I know, that's the last piece. That, okay. this
2: was, it's the biggest <laughs> I was waiting for last. Uh, and <laughs> finally, the you pick the, your media, which is kind of the crowning piece of uh, Behind the Trade class. And in that, you pick both your trade and your mediums. And uh, we have a little sense that we. Well,
1: offer. first off, to start, oh. well, yeah, to start with your character, you always pick your trade first. That's the most important thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. you start by saying, "I want to be a tattoo artist,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then from there, you go ahead and you pick your media. And the media are meant to kind of add structure to your tattoo artistry. So um, we've divided the media based into um, categories that kind of group the materials into like. Uh, families, if you will. So, mm-hmm. our, um, different media are crystals, textiles, wood, metals, living arts, drafting. Yep. And, the idea is that all crafting can be encompassed by these families of materials. And so, for example, crystals covers um, obviously gemstones and minerals, but also glasswork and porcelain and ceramics and um, stonework, masonry. So, uh, stonework as mm-hmm. well, masonry. Yeah, um, metals covers obviously anything to do with metal. Textiles covers um, uh, anything to do with stitching, fabrics, leather, uh, mm-hmm. potentially even vellum. And um, wood, obviously. Is- wood
2: and paper. Yeah.
1: Yep. The most um, kind of robust of them or the, the one that has like the widest variety is the living arts, which is anything that um, where, you're, where your canvas can change or grow over time. Mm-hmm. So living arts includes things like gardening or farming, but also Whoa. cooking. Also, um, any cosmetic work. So hairstyling, be- uh, beauticians, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. manicurists, those would all fall, fall under living arts as well.
2: Yeah, one thing very notable with the living arts is that everything in it is… Um,
1: temporary. It decays. Temporary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can give someone a beautiful haircut, but it won't last. You can make someone a beautiful meal, but if yeah. they don't eat it, it's not going to be beautiful. And, yeah. you living, know. Arts is the,
2: <laughs> living arts is the consumable medium.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so if I were to play a tattoo artist, I would probably say that my… Oh, and drafting, I'm sorry. We yeah. misdrafting. Drafting is anything where you basically put ink to a canvas a work surface of your choice and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you can draft words um or uh illustrations you can make science you can be a cartographer mm-hmm. you might be an astrologer or an astronomer mm-hmm. Th- that would all fall under drafting mm-hmm. so with living arts you would probably say that you're a dr- uh, sorry with tattoo artists you would probably say that you're a drafter that's your mm-hmm. primary medium would be uh, would be drafting mm-hmm. uh meaning your bread and butter is that you draw things Yeah, and then from there um you would I would guess that your secondary media would be uh, medium would be living arts because you are <laughs> drawing on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other advantage of living arts is you could say that you want to make your own pigments. and uh, obviously like insect chitin and uh, leaves and those kinds of things can be turned into pigments. So that would be an mm-hmm. ad- advantage of living arts. Um but if you wanted, you could potentially also say that your secondary medium is um, metals because you want to make your own needles. Mm-hmm. Or a kind of like clockwork contraption to be your own. Uh, if you don't want to do hand poking, you want to invent an actual like foot pedal, you know, you could say <laughs> metals. Um, if you were kind of gross, perhaps you could say that your secondary medium was textiles because it's leather <laughs> 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 to do human skin. You have some you have some flexibility. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole point of that is just kind of to help you negotiate with the with your DM. What the, the confines of your craft are. So you can't Mm -hmm. just suddenly say like, well, if I can make X and my secondary medium is living arts, then technically I should be able to, to do Y. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. No, you are a tattoo artist and that, and you kind of communicate. So when you sit down with the, uh, with the rest of your table, we encourage the players to kind of go around and introduce, uh, your trade and your combat class and also your primary and secondary medium. And then say your dream project, and that's just kind of to help the DM and everyone at the table understand what kind of crafter you are. So, if I were a tattoo artist, mm-hmm. I might say that. Um, so, I'm. My name's Shannon. I'm. Uh, my character's name is <laughs> Shanzibald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shanzibald, the barbarian tattoo artist. My primary medium is drafting. My secondary medium is living arts. And my dream is to one day tattoo. Um, a teleportation spell into my, my own skin
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so that I can teleport at will to my home whenever I want. And that would be nice. perhaps my, my dream job, my dream project, the thing that I one day really hope to be able to craft. And, um, that would be a good opportunity for people at the table to go like, ah, yeah, no, that sounds right. Yeah, drafting living arts, that would be how you would get there or for the DM to, um, negotiate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the character creation process of, um, and, uh, certain techniques, as Dylan mentioned, um, are limited to certain media. Mm-hmm. And obviously the media you pick also kind of, um, restrict what you are able to craft. You can craft anything you want in the whole game, but the benefit of your trade class is that that gives you um bonuses and techniques to apply towards your chosen trade and mm-hmm. those techniques don't apply if you're trying to craft outside of your chosen trade. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it helps kind of scope it for the DM as well. Yeah. I can't help but thinking about your uh, barbarian with the tattoo of teleportation though because now I'm just picturing having a map tattooed on yourself with waypoints and you just like tap it and you just
1: and then you worked with a cartographer to do that and you got the advantage. So your cartographer friend helped you tattoo the map. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah, yes. That is. Okay. <laughs>
2: Dream project. Now we just need inks that allow for teleportation, which I'm sure uh-huh. from some crystal just, from some you, far away. You have
1: a friend who's an alchemist then they can help you with that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it works itself
2: out. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how these things just come together.
1: Yep.
0: Uh-huh. Well that's that's pretty amazing. I really like that. Um how do you, how does one adv- you mentioned tiers before. Um how does one advance tiers then?
2: So we've tied it to the proficiency uh, of a character. Oh. So um yeah, it's just directly tied to your base class and as you level up, you gain proficiency and um currently you gain a tier every time your proficiency goes up. So um, you start at Tier 1, and then at 5th level, when your proficiency goes up, you are now Tier 2, and so on and so forth, all the way up to 17th level, which is uh, when you would hit Tier
0: 5. Nice.
2: There is also a variant uh, in the playbook where if DMs wanted that system to be a bit more in-depth, they could put additional requirements on those tiers. For example, you know, your fighter may be 5th level now, but you need to go train with a master before you can tear up and that kind of thing.
1: Tear up. Okay.
0: <laughs> I appreciate a good pun. Uh, awesome. Well, is there anything else that's interesting from the Kickstarter that you'd like to highlight that we haven't gone over? Uh, especially anything uh, that might relate to character creation?
1: Anything that might re- relate specifically to character creation?
0: Yeah, um,
1: n- no, not that I,
2: not that we can think of. We tend to, we try to put as much information as we could into the Kickstarter, especially with the, um. I
1: yeah, know, I feel like we've, we've dumped a lot with, of dense info <laughs> into this podcast.
2: Yeah, especially with the <laughs> playtest material that we put up and stuff. It's kind of like, <laughs> it, it, you know, if, if there's information to be had, we've, Giving it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: a lot of the information that we're temporarily withholding to uh, provoke excitement um, is mostly the lore um, setting for the world that we're basing it in and the oh. adventure that we're planning to release with the book. Yeah. That's basically, basically it's it.
2: Pretty straightforward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, like the, the way that we've – our goal here with the um, trade and your primary media and your secondary media and then like further customization through your um, – through your uh, techniques techniques, is to basically let you be whatever trade you want, but then to also like limit your potency to your area of expertise, not because we want to um, uh, stunt player opportunity, but because we want to encourage teamwork and collaboration with the other people Mm -hmm. at the table. Mm -hmm. So if there's like any gray area where you're not sure if that's your, your trades area of expertise if you would actually be able to craft that thing or if you would have the knowledge or insight necessary to craft it ideally there's someone at your table who can and if not someone at your table then an npc that your dm can summon and it just uh don't feel limited don't feel scared about which media you pick uh, because there's uh, always going to be someone at the table who can lend a hand
0: yeah very cool
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I think
2: I might have one, which is that, uh, when it comes to techniques, we did our best to make sure that they didn't impact, again, uh, your core class too much. So for the majority of them, they're all very focused on making you craft better, on adjusting, like, these, this system that we have set up for crafting. Uh, for example, uh, at later tiers, there's some that, uh, let you gain uh preparation benefits more than once mm-hmm. like um there's one think called the good stuff which later on you can get high quality materials preparation bonus more than once and one of the things i really like about that is that even though you can gain that bonus more than once it has to be unique materials for each one mm-hmm. so while it is a great benefit because that just means more dicks there are d6s rolling in uh you do have to go on that little little adventure or there figure out how to get those materials both times so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah the exception to that of course being um the tier five techniques that are available when you reach the uh, pinnacle of your crafting career Mm -hmm. those ones are specifically have prerequisites um that reflect how you might play in your combat class Mm -hmm. and that's meant to just kind of be the culmination of who your character has become Mm -hmm. uh, both as a crafter and as an adventurer
2: yeah those ones are especially tricky because um you know, with people using on Tarkana and playing their own homebrew classes and stuff, we definitely wanted to avoid just putting... You know, you, know, you have to be a rogue to take this particular technique. So we've mm-hmm. tried to find a good method to um, make them general enough that if someone were playing a homebrew class, they could still find it and be like, ooh, this applies to me, but... Yeah, uh, it's meant to
1: reflect playstyle more than... Um,
2: actual class requirements. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very cool. And I'm I'm just... Looking through the Kickstarter right now, uh, you've got some pretty interesting stretch girls coming up. Um, Some new magic items, I see.
1: Yes. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Some new spells. I always love new spells. It looks like weaving spellcraft with tradecraft. That sounds really interesting, too. Um, And uh, kind of figuratively, uh, creating characters. You've got uh, plenty of... Uh, reward levels that artists can actually draw characters of yours, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always like very popular for uh not just having your characters drawn but your avatars on on uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, one of the our our one of the things we prioritize here at Astrolago Press is really gorgeous art and working mm-hmm. with um really excellent um artists. So obviously, yeah. we know that's that's the real show is uh is the artists. Mm-hmm. So, um we try to make sure that they get paid really well as well as we can as we can afford to pay them. And um uh the stretch goals also unlock um pay raises for those artists as well so that they get to uh, share in the success of the uh of the campaign. Oh
0: nice. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked uh seeing the number of artists that you have on there and the variety as well is just is absolutely gorgeous.
1: Well, thank you.
0: Yeah Shannon works very hard on acquiring. <laughs> oh, the
1: I best. take credit for all of their talent. <laughs> I would know were gonna say
0: that for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool. Thank you both so much for joining me to talk about witchcraft.
1: Thank you so much for having us on. It was very fun to talk about witchcraft.
0: (laughs) By all means, we could go on
2: and on. I know.
1: We've been working on this for a year. It's just (laughs) now we can't shut up about it.
0: (laughs) Well, I am very much looking forward to getting this into my hands. And for those out there, uh, try to get it into your hands, too. The Kickstarter should still be going on right now.
1: Yeah. It ends April 5th at 1130 AM. So
0: yeah, we've
2: awesome.
1: only been at it. Oh, 1130 AM uh, Pacific time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We've only been at it for three
1: days now. Three days. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, you are at 999 backers.
1: Ooh. 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 That's a thrilling <laughs> number.
0: <laughs> That's exciting. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Shannon, could you go ahead and remind everyone uh, where they can find you online?
1: Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Twitter uh, at WordWeasel. But as the um, head honcho of Astrolago Press, uh, you could also reach me at Astrolago, which is our uh, Twitter account. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can contact us through Astrolago.com if you so choose.
0: Very cool. And Dylan, what about yourself?
2: Uh, I'm also on Twitter at DylanJMac, D I L L O-N-J-M-A-C.
1: Yeah, he spells Dylan a weird way, and so he's very self-conscious about it. I mean, I don't
2: spell it a weird way.
1: Everyone else spells it a weird way. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, again, thank you both so much for joining me for this special bonus episode of Character Creation Spotlight, and thanks everyone that is listening for tuning in.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I waved, but goodbye.
0: Character Creation Spotlight, like Character Creation Cast, is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network, and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts and guests, or even find some of our character sheets. Character Creation Cast can be found on Twitter at Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter, and I can be found on Twitter at Lord Neptune. Our other host, Amelia Antrim, can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast it originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. This episode was edited by Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game systems used and today's guests can also be found in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, and remember, we find that the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We will see you next time. Now we
2: got to read some show blurbs.
0: Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Character Creation Cast is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like Modifier.
1: Modifier is an interview show hosted by Megan Dornbrock, all about why and how people change games. From the hobbyist to the professional, from house rules to publication, we all have in mind a better way to play. What's yours?